0: Happy new week, dear students. I want to start today's episode by talking about this podcast's new name. The new name is You, Me and Words. You, Me and Words. Yes, I have changed the podcast's name. Sorry if I have caused you guys any confusion. You know how it goes with companies and marketing. Everyone always says, well, figure it all out before you release it. Make sure you have the right name. Make sure you have um, everything the way you want it to be. Um, well, so generally speaking, they don't recommend making changes suddenly. But in my case, I happen to have changed my mind and so I made changes anyway why because i'm going to release another quite big project on december 4th and i wanted to use the name beyond words for that project instead so that's the reason why okay so hey welcome to episode 10 of you me and words podcast Some of you might ask, why did you choose this name? Because if you think about it, what stands between you and me? A bunch of words. It is also, oftentimes, these words that create a barrier between us. With this podcast series, I am hoping to help you break some of those barriers. In today's episode, I want to talk about 10 very useful words, 10 very common English words, but 10 very difficult to pronounce words. Now okay, let me take that back real quick. Maybe not very difficult to pronounce, but how about this, quite challenging to pronounce words in English. So, let's take a look at our words. For this part, I strongly recommend that you have a notebook, have a pen or a pencil, and try your best to write these words down so that you can practice them and uh, remember them even after you finish listening to this episode. So, number one is R-U-R-A-L. How do we pronounce that word in English? rural. So, some people live in rural areas, okay? In other words, some people live in small towns, very small uh, types of areas. That's what we consider to be a rural area in English. Okay, rural area. For example, in my case, my parents live in a very rural area. I live in Los Angeles and Los Angeles is not a rural area, okay? Number two, I want to talk to you guys about a specific number in English, which is 20th, 30th, 40th, 50th, 60th. 70th, 80th, 90th, and 100th. So the reason why I really want to talk to you guys about these numbers is it's easy to say 20, 30, 40, 50, and so on but i have noticed that many students have problems when it comes to taking that number and using it together with a date for example right so august 20 no august 20th yeah okay uh, december 20 no december 20th so you really have to practice the very ending of that number Okay, th, 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 eth, 20th, 30th, 40th, 50th, 60th, 70th, 80th, 90th, and 100th. So, as you can see, I'm exaggerating this pronunciation a little bit, but I do that so that I can help you as much as possible to pronounce this correctly. Number three, comfortable. So, maybe you are wearing a jacket right now that's really comfortable. Or maybe you are sitting on your couch that's really comfortable while you are listening to this podcast episode. So, sometimes students say, "comfortable," wrong, careful with that pronunciation. It's comfortable. Comfortable. Right now I feel very comfortable. I am sitting on my couch and I feel very comfortable. Number four. You know when people speak many different languages we can say that they are multilingual. So, for example, I am multilingual. Why? Because I can speak many different languages. So, how do we pronounce this word, not multilingual? We say multi, multilingual, multilingual. So, what about you? Are you multilingual? I hope you are, and if you're not, I hope you study more languages. Number five, culture. And this word is really interesting, especially when it comes to Portuguese speaking students. Why? Because often I hear Portuguese speaking students say culture or culture, something like that, right? No, the correct pronunciation is culture. Culture. So, I love different cultures. I like learning about different cultures. And I believe that through language, you can get to know someone's culture better. Number six, reliable. I hope you have reliable friends. Why? Because if you have friends that are reliable, that means that you can trust them. You can really trust them. So if you need someone to pick you up tomorrow at 7 a.m., I hope you can ask a reliable friend to do that for you. Because then you can relax. You don't have to worry about anything because your friend is reliable and your friend will do it. Number seven, successful. Successful. So, I want Maverick Lingo to be a very successful company. I want many, many, many students around the world to be familiar with Maverick Lingo. And, actually, I am creating this podcast and in every episode I think about you guys. I want you to feel comfortable with these words so that you can be more successful with your English. Number eight... It's not my favorite word, but I really want to talk to you guys about this word because many students make the mistake when they pronounce this word, which is d-u-m-b. Many students say dumb, wrong. The b is actually silent in this case, so you say dumb, dumb. Number nine, character. So, when you watch a movie, I might ask you, okay, who is your favorite character in this movie? Or, if you are reading a book, I might ask you, who is your favorite character in this book? And number ten, our last word for today, is bilingual. So, earlier we talked about people who are multilingual, who can speak many different languages. And bilingual means you can speak two different languages. So, maybe you can speak English and Spanish. So, you are bilingual. Or maybe you can speak English and Portuguese. You are bilingual. Or maybe you can speak Russian and English. So, you are What? That's right, bilingual. Okay, I'm going to go over this list one more time before I end this episode. So, number one, rural. Number two, 20th, 30th, 40th. Number three, comfortable. Number four, multilingual. Number five, culture. Number six, reliable. Number seven, successful. Number eight, dumb. Number nine, character. Number ten, bilingual. As always, guys, I hope you liked this episode. I hope you had a notebook, a pen, a pencil. I hope you wrote down all these words and I hope you will go back to this episode, listen to it again, and practice your words. Every time you guys ask me, how can I improve my English? How can I improve my pronunciation? Well, this is an opportunity for you guys to do that. Okay, so remember, what does Teacher Sam, the founder of Maverick Lingo, believe. I believe that you cannot sit there and feel sorry for yourself. You cannot sit there and make excuses every day why you're not improving your English. Okay, instead, I believe that you can always try. If you can't take classes, that's okay. Here is an absolutely free podcast episode specifically created for English learners. Check it out. Listen to it. Listen to it again and again and again if you have to. Write these words down. Practice them and I promise you that you will get better. Okay? Thank you so much for listening. Um, See you guys very soon. Hey guys, Teacher Sam here with the Maverick Lingo. Welcome to season 2, episode 1 of You, Me, and Words. If you have listened to any of my old episodes of this podcast, you realize that I have changed the name of the podcast. Yes, I have. So the new name is You, Me, and Words. Today in this episode, I want to continue reading one of my favorite books with you guys, which is Charlotte's Web. I'm going to read chapter 3. I want to remind you guys I do not own any kinds of uh, copyrights or anything like that to this book. I'm simply reading it for you guys. I'm trying to help you so that you can actually read books in English and do it in a way that's simple and easy for you to understand. I also, of course, encourage you to buy this book. Uh, In fact, One of my students, well, one of my Instagram followers actually sent me a picture of this book. She was listening to the podcast and following the book, following the story in her book. I thought that was really awesome. So definitely buy the book if you haven't already. It's called Charlotte's Web. And it is uh, by E.B. White. That's the name of the writer. So this book is one of my, honestly, one of my favorite books ever in English. I have read this book probably 10, 12 times, something like that. Uh, Many of those times I've read this book together with my students. But, you know, it's one of those books that I never get tired of. It's a beautiful story. And so... Let's continue, guys, okay? Here we go. What is the name of chapter 3? The name is Escape. So when you look at the word escape, what do you think about? I think about someone who's running away from something, yeah? Okay, so let's see. Who is running away? Who is trying to run away? Let's see what's going on in chapter 3. Here we go. The barn was very large. It was very old. It smelled of hay and it smelled of manure. It smelled of the perspiration of tired horses and the wonderful sweet breath of patient cows. It often had a sort of peaceful smell as though nothing bad could happen ever again in the world. It smelled of grain, and of harness, dressing, and of axle grease, and of rubber boots, and of new rope. And whenever the cat was given a fish head to eat, the barn would smell of fish. But mostly it smelled of hay, for there was always hay in the great loft up overhead, and there was always hay being pitched down to the cows and the horses and the sheep. The barn was pleasantly warm in the winter when the animals spent most of their time indoors, and it was pleasantly cool in summer when the big doors stood wide open to the breeze. The barn had stalls in the main floor for the work horses, High-ups on the main floor for the cows, a sheepfold down below the sheep. Excuse me, a sheepfold. Excuse me, a sheepfold down below for the sheep. A pigpen down below for Wilbur, and it was full of all sorts of things that you find in barns. Ladders, grindstones, pitchforks, monkey wrenches, synths, lawn mowers, snow shovels, axe handles, milk pails, water buckets, empty grain sacks, and rusty rat traps. It was the kind of barn that swallows like to build their nests in. It was the kind of barn that children like to play in. And the whole thing was owned by Fern's uncle, Mr. Homer L. Zuckerman. So I want to stop here just for a moment. I want to take you guys back to the beginning of the story. Okay, so as you can see, the very first word in chapter 3 is the barn. Okay, so I want to talk about this word. It's a very important word in this chapter. Why is it an important word in this chapter? Because what exactly is a barn? A barn is a place where animals live. We also see the word manure, right? You see it on this page, the first page of chapter 3, manure, spelling m a n N-U-R-E, manure. What exactly is it? It is poop or shit, excuse me for using this word, okay, from an animal poop, basically, okay, manure, manure, all right? We also see the word hay, H-A-Y, which is such an important word, in my opinion, because what do we feed horses and cows, we give them hay, which is basically like dried grass, right? Okay, so those words are very, very important. And as you can see, the writer is doing a great job describing Wilbur's new home, okay? If you remember in our previous chapter, so in our chapter before this one, okay, uh, Fern contacted her uncle and she sold Wilbur to her uncle okay and so now this is his home I know that sounds a little bit scary like oh she sold Wilbur to her uncle but remember first of all that's her uncle second of all she can visit him as much as she wants to so it's like she still gets to spend all the time in the world with her favorite animal, uh, which in this case is this little runt. We know him as Wilbur. Okay? Um, you should also remember that in this book, uh, this runt or this little pig. Uh, Wilbur is one of the largest characters, one of the most important characters in this book, for sure, all right? Okay, so I'm going to continue reading here. Wilbur's new home was in the lower part of the barn, directly underneath the cows. Mr. Zuckerman knew what a manure pile Excuse me, guys, I don't know what's happening to me today. Let's start again here. Wilbur's new home was in the lower part of the barn, directly underneath the cows. Mr. Zuckerman knew that a a manure pile is a good place to keep a young pig. So now, guys, you know what a barn is, okay? You see the word here again, barn, and you see manure pile again, okay? So at this point, you should remember exactly what that means, okay? Manure is um, basically cow poop or horse poop, Okay. And a pile is like, you know, when they poop a lot. Okay. So Mr. Zuckerman knew that a manure pile is a good place to keep a young pig. Pigs need warmth and it was warm and comfortable down there in the barn cellar on the south side. Fern came almost every day to visit him. She found an old milking stool um, that had been discarded, and she placed the stool in the sheepfold next to Wilbur's pen. Here she sat quietly during the long afternoons, thinking and listening and watching Wilbur. So you see, in, the, in this case, Fern is actually using... Uh, stool like a small little chair okay that had been discarded now what happens when we discard of something we basically throw it away we don't want to use it anymore okay so she she took kind of an old stool a stool that had already been discarded okay and she's sitting on it again and this part is really interesting because because here she sat Quietly, the long afternoons thinking and listening and watching Wilbur. So, I think this is an important part because you see again this strong connection between a human being and an animal. Obviously, the human being Fern, right? And then the animal being Wilbur. She's not judging the pig or the animal, she's not. Aggressive with the animals. She seems to be very quiet, patient, and very loving with this pig. Okay? Um, the sheep soon got to know her and trust her. So did the geese who lived with the sheep. All the animals trusted her. She was so quiet and friendly. This is also very important, guys. You see... All the animals trusted Fern. She was so quiet and friendly. Again, the writer is reminding us of this special relationship that Fern has to animals. Mr. Zuckerman did not allow her to take Wilbur out. And she did not allow her. And he did not allow her to get into the pig pen. But he told Fern that she could sit on the stool and watch Wilbur as long as she wanted to. It made her happy just to be near the pig. And it made Wilbur happy to know that she was sitting there right outside his pen. But he never had any fun. No walks, no rides, no swims. One afternoon in June... When Wilbur was almost two months old, he wandered out into his small yard outside the barn. Fern had not arrived for her usual visit. Wilbur stood in the sun feeling lonely and bored. This is important, guys, because what is the writer telling us here? Well, Wilbur is out in the sun. So he has left the barn, which he's not supposed to do, right? He's supposed to stay in the barn. He's not supposed to leave it. But he has left the barn. He's out in the sun and he's feeling how? He's feeling lonely and he's feeling bored. So this part is also interesting, in my opinion, because uh, we now see Wilbur has broken the rules here. Yeah, he's not following the rules of the barn. He has decided to take a little bit of a risk. All right. There's never anything to do around here, he thought. He walked slowly to his food through and, uh, excuse me, he walked slowly to his food uh, through and sniffed to see if anything had been overlooked at lunch. He found a small strip of potato skin and ate it. His back itched, so he leaned against the fence and rubbed against the boards. When he tired of this, he walked indoors, climbed to the top of the manure pile, and sat down. He didn't feel like going to sleep. He didn't feel like digging. He was tired of standing still, tired of lying down. I'm less than 2 months old and I'm tired of living," he said. He walked to the yard again. Guys, this is so important in the story. Why? All of a sudden, something brand new is happening in this story, in this book. What is that brand new thing that's happening here in the story? Well, we now realize that animals can talk on this farm, okay? And that's a very interesting concept, I think. I mean, you decide you're going to write a book and you decide to write a book about a deep friendship between a human being and an animal, but then you also decide, you know what? I want these animals to talk, Hmm, why would you do that as a writer? You would do that because oftentimes as human beings, we wonder what animals are thinking, right? We wonder what's on their mind, what's going through their head. And so the writer is giving us that magic, that opportunity in this book, starting in this chapter, right? So what is one of the first things that Wilbur says? He says, I'm less than two months old and I'm tired of living. Very philosophical sentence, right? But also a little bit dramatic for sure, right? When I'm out here, he said, there's no place to go but in. When I'm indoors, there's no place to go but out in the yard. That's where you're wrong, my friend, my friend, said a voice. Wilbur looked through the fence and saw the goose standing there. You don't have to stay in that dirty little, dirty, dirty little yard, said the goose, who talked rather fast. One of the boards is loose. Push on it, push, push, push on it, and come on out. What? said Wilbur. Say it slower. At the the risk of repeating myself, said the goose, I suggest that you come on out. It's wonderful out here. Okay, I'm going to stop here for a moment. What's happening at this very moment in this story? Well, we have another animal. We have a goose. Okay? And look at the spelling of this word, goose. Goose. G-U-U-S-E goose that's just one that's a singular goose but if there are more than one then you say geese G-E-E-S-E okay so now we have a goose who is also talking and this goose is actually encouraging Wilbur to break the rules. In other words, the goose is pushing Wilbur to break the rules. Yeah, he's he's tempting him to come on out. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? He's he's telling him, come on out. You know, it's it's really nice out here. Yeah. Now, why is this part so special to me? This part is so special to me because. Remember, whenever you're reading a book, not just in English, but in any language, every good writer is going to tell you a story with a lot of symbolism. So it's your job to kind of figure it out. Yeah? And when you figure it out, you enjoy the story even more. So what's my point? My point is, what is the goose? telling wilbur the goose is telling wilbur don't be happy where you are come to the other side the other side is much better you'll see okay isn't that how many people also feel in life sometimes right Sometimes people focus on all the bad things in their life, yeah? And and they think about, oh God, it's so much nicer on the other side. You know what I'm saying? So we become curious about the other side. And sometimes we break the rules to get to the other side. So far, so good? Did you say a board was loose? That I did. That I did, said the goose. Wilbur walked up to the fence and saw that the goose was right one board was loose he put his head down shut his eyes and pushed the board gave away in a minute he had squeezed through the fence and was standing in the long grass outside his yard the goose chuckled so, what, happ- what, what does it mean when someone chuckles? It's like, ha, 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 you know, you're kind of laughing, like chuckled, <laughs> like that, right? Yeah. How does it feel to be free, she asked. I like it, said Wilbur. That is, I guess I like it. Actually, Wilbur felt queer to be outside his fence, with nothing between him and the big world. Where do you think I'd better go? Anywhere you like, anywhere you like, said the goose. Go down through the orchard, root up the sod, go down through the garden, dig up the radishes, root up everything, eat grass, look for corn, look for oats, run all over, skip and dance, jump and prance, go down through the orchard and stroll in the woods. The world is a wonderful place when you're young. I have to stop here again, guys. I hope you are okay with the fact that I like to stop a lot when I read books, but I think it's important that we follow the story, yeah? So what is the first thing? Well, no. First, let me ask you this. Wilbur is inside of a fence. How did he get out? He got out because one board on that fence was loose. So then... Wilbur could just kind of, you know, jump through that board and get out to the other side. And once he got out to the other side, what is the first question that the goose asked him? She said, how does it feel to be free? How does it feel to be free? I think this is a very important question because remember... um, in our lives, animals are always inside of a barn. I mean, it's always us. It's always human beings that control when, when animals can leave and when they can come in, right? Okay, so in this case, there are no human beings around. It's like Wilbur is taking the law into his own hands you understand what I'm saying like Wilbur is doing exactly what he wants to do he doesn't care that he's breaking the rules he's doing it anyway Okay. and then uh, the goose ends by saying the world is a wonderful place when you're young that's another very important sentence because it's very true When you are young, the world seems like the most amazing place, right? But maybe the older we get, the more ideas we start to build about what the world should be like or what the world really is like, yeah? Okay, so this moment is really, really magical, actually. You know, the world is a wonderful place when you're young. I can see that, replied Wilbur. He gave a jump in the air, twirled, ran a few steps, stopped, looked all around, sniffed the smells of afternoon, and then set off walking down through the orchard. Pausing in the shade of an apple tree, he put his strong snout into the ground and began pushing digging and rooting by the way what is a snout s n o u t it's the name in english for the nose of a pig a snout okay and then what about when when uh, you know someone is sniffing something okay that's when someone is <laughs> smelling something okay so so as you can see he's out there he sees this he sees that he sees a bunch of new things and what is he doing he's sniffing right okay he had plowed up quite a piece of ground before anyone noticed him mrs zuckerman was the first to see him she saw him from the kitchen window, and she immediately shouted for the men. Homer, she cried. Pigs out! Lurvie, pigs out! Homer, Lurvy, pigs out! He's down there under that apple tree. Now the trouble starts, thought Wilbur. Now I'll catch it. The goose heard the racket and she too started hollering, Run, run, run downhill, make for the woods, the woods, she shouted to Wilbur. They'll never, never, never catch you in the woods. The cocker spaniel heard the commotion and ran out from the barn to join the chase. Mr. Zuckerman heard and he came out to the machine shed where he was mending a tool. Lurvy, the hired man, heard a noise and came up from the asparagus patch where he was pulling weeds. Everybody walked toward Wilbur and Wilbur didn't know what to do. The woods seemed a long way off and anyway he had never been down there in the woods and wasn't sure he would like it. Get around behind him, Lurvy," said Mr. Zuckerman, and drive him toward the barn. And take it easy. Don't rush him. I'll go and I get a bucket of slops. I'll go and get a bucket of slops. Now, what is a bucket of slops? That's usually like food leftovers that we give to pigs, you know? So you use a bucket, you put all your food leftovers, you mix them in there, and so you give that, you feed the pigs with this, right? Okay? The news of Wilbur's escape spread rapidly among the animals on the place. Whenever any creature broke loose on Zuckerman's farm, the event was of great interest to the others. The goose shouted to the nearest cow that Wilbur was free, and soon all the cows knew. Then one of the cows told one of the sheep, and soon all the sheep knew. The lambs learned from it from their mothers. The horses in their stalls in the barn pricked up their ears when they heard the goose hollering. And soon the horses had caught on to what was happening. Wilbur's out, they said every animal stirred and lifted its head and became excited to know that one of his friends had got free and was no longer penned up or tied fast. I have to stop here again because this is so beautifully written. Okay, again, where are we? in this story at this moment. We are in a barn, inside of a barn where animals live. So you have sheep, you have geese, uh, horses, pigs, uh, lambs, and so on and so forth, cows. All of them are inside of the barn. And who decides when they can leave the barn? Their human owners decide. Yeah, But in this case, What's happening in chapter 3? By the way, what's the name of chapter 3? Escape. What did I tell you at the beginning? What exactly does the word escape mean? It means to run away. So now we know that someone is trying to run away. And who is that someone? It is Wilbur. And all the animals, as they find out that he's trying to run out, run away, they're actually happy for him they're excited to know that one of his friends had got free and was no longer penned up or tied fast. Wilbur didn't know what to do or which way to run. It seemed as though everybody was after him. If this is what it's like to be free, he thought, I believe I'd rather be penned up in my own yard. So remember guys, Wilbur is very young So, what happens when we are very young? It's possible that we are naive. We don't have a lot of experience. We don't know exactly what to do. And I think that's exactly what's happening to him right now. You see, Wilbur didn't know what to do or which way to run. He's confused. He's young. He's lost. Right? This is too much for him right now. Everybody's trying to get him. So, he's like, well... If this is what it's like to be free, then I don't want to be free. That's his experience of freedom right now. It's very uncomfortable. The Cocker Spaniel was sneaking up on him. By the way, what is a Cocker Spaniel? It's a kind of dog, okay? So what's sneaking up on him? From one side Lurvy the hired man was sneaking up on him from the other side Mrs Zuckerman stood ready uh, to head him off in the uh, well to head him off if he started off no oh, my gosh Mrs Zuckerman stood ready to head him off if he started for the garden and now Mr Zuckerman was coming down toward him carrying a pail this is really awful thought wilbur why doesn't fern come he began to cry the goose took command and began to give orders don't just stand there wilbur dodge about dodge about cried the goose skip around run toward me slip in and out and in and out make for the woods twist and turn Now you see, the goose is giving advice to Wilbur. The goose is telling him, Hey, don't just stand there. Run. Run towards the woods. Run away from here. You know, and now you might say, but wait, Wilbur doesn't seem happy to be free. So why is the goose telling him to run? I think the goose is telling him to run because the goose is older. And the goose has more knowledge about things in life. So the goose is telling him, run away, don't be weak, don't just stand there. But remember, Wilbur is young. He has no experience. Yeah? So he's just standing there, confused, right? Wilbur dodged between Lurvy's legs. Lurvy missed Wilbur and, oh, Wilbur, no, Lurvy missed Wilbur and grabbed the spaniel instead. "'Nicely done, nicely done,' cried the goose. "'Try it again, try it again. "'Run downhill,' suggested the cows. "'Run towards me,' yelled the gander. "'Run uphill,' cried the sheep. "'Turn and twist,' honked the goose. "'Jump and dance,' said the rooster." All the animals are trying to help Wilbur. You guys notice that? All the animals are trying really hard to help him. Look out for Lurvy called the cows. Look out for Zuckerman, yelled the gander. Watch out for the dog, cried the sheep. Listen to me, listen to me, screamed the goose. Poor Wilbur was dazed and frightened by this hula baloo. So Wilbur was dazed He was lost, yeah, he was confused, he was dazed. He didn't like being the center of all this fuss. He didn't like being the center of all this mess. Fuss is a word we use in English, like a mess. You know, all this drama, all this fuss. He tried to follow the instructions his friends were giving him, but he couldn't run downhill and uphill at the same time, and he couldn't turn and twist when he was jumping and dancing, and he was crying so hard he could barely see anything that was happening. After all, Wilbur was a very young pig. Not much more than a baby, really. He wished Fern were there to take him in her arms and comfort him. When he looked up and saw Mr. Zuckerman standing quite close to him, holding a pail of warm sloops, he felt relieved. He lifted his nose and sniffed. You see, he lifted his nose and did what? (laughs) Smelled, sniffed. The smell was delicious. Warm milk, potato skins, wheat, medlings, kellogg's cornflakes, and a popover left from the Zuckerman's breakfast. So, what's happening at this very moment? Wilbur doesn't want to be free anymore because he can smell the delicious smell of food. Yeah. So, it's like he is tempted to come back again, right? Because he can smell delicious food which how can we translate that in this story like what is the meaning behind that I think the meaning behind that is comfort if he goes out to the woods he's going to be alone he's going to have to look for food by himself if he finds any food and who knows maybe another strong animal could hurt him or destroy him or, or attack him right so he does the simple thing in life which is he goes back he goes back to his comfort zone Wilbur took a step toward the pail no, 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 said the goose it's the old pail trick, Wilbur don't fall for it, don't fall for it he's trying to lure you back into captivity he's appealing to your stomach now you see, what is the goose doing? The goose is warning Wilbur, do not eat the food. That's just a trick. They're just trying to catch you so they can bring you back to, to this controlled space. Right? Okay? Wilbur didn't care. The food smelled appetizing. He took another step toward the pail. Pig "'Pig!' said Mr. Zuckerman in a kind voice and began walking slowly toward the barnyard, looking all about him innocently as if he didn't know that a little white pig was following along behind him. "'You'll be sorry, sorry, sorry,' called the goose. Wilbur didn't care. He kept walking toward the pail of slops. "'You'll miss your freedom,' honked the goose.' An hour of freedom is worth a barrel of slops. Wilbur didn't care. When Mr. Zuckerman reached the pig pen, he climbed over the fence and poured the slops into the thorough. Then he pulled the loose board away from the fence so that there was a wide hole for Wilbur to walk through. "'Reconsider! Reconsider!' cried the goose. "'What does reconsider mean?' It means think again, think again. So sometimes in life, when we make up, when we make a decision, maybe a week later or two weeks later, we say, "Ah, oh, I have to reconsider. I have to think about this again." Maybe you're not too happy with your decision. Make sense? So, what is the goose telling Wilbur? The goose is telling him, reconsider, reconsider, like, think again, think again, don't come back here again. Wilbur paid no attention. He stepped through the fence into his yard. He walked to the uh, to the through and took a long drink of slops. By the way, what is a through? A through is a, you know, the wooden, uh, kind of wooden little plate where you know we give animals their food uh, let's see here mm. he walked it through and took a long drink of slops sucking in the milk hungrily and chewing the pop over it was good to be home again while Wilbur ate Lurvy fetched the hammer and some eight penny nails and nailed the board in place then he and Mr. Zuckerman leaned lazily on the fence, and Mr. Zuckerman scratched Wilbur's back with a stick. He's quite a pig, said Lurvy. So by the way, who is Lurvy? Lurvie is a gentleman who works at uh, Mr. Zuckerman's farm. He is one of those guys that, you know, Mr. Zuckerman hired to work on his farm to take care of the animals and to help out. Okay, so what is the first thing that Lurvy does when Wilbur is inside the barn? Well, Lurvy repairs the broken fence, and now the animals cannot escape anymore. Make sense? Yes, he'll make a good pig, said Mr. Zuckerman. Wilbur heard the words of praise. He felt the warm milk inside his stomach. He felt the pleasant rubbing of the stick along his itchy back. He felt peaceful and happy and sleepy. This had been a tiring afternoon. It was still only about four o'clock, but Wilbur was ready for bed. I'm really too young to go out into the world alone, he thought as he lay down. That's the end of chapter three, guys. Um, I know that this podcast episode is a little bit longer, and I know that it took me a long time to read this chapter to you guys. But remember, I don't want you to just read like robots, I want you to read to learn how to really read books, not just through the aspect of language, but also through the aspect of symbolism. As you can see, there is so much symbolism in this chapter, and it's really important to me that I break it down to you, that I translate it to you, that I help you to understand it. Okay? you now Now you should know that chapter 1, chapter 2, and today, chapter 3 of this book are available on this podcast so listen to the chapter again or listen to the chapters again as i have told you before make sure you have a notebook write down the words look at the words what do they mean learn them that's how you're building your vocabulary by reading books okay that's how it's done All right, there's no way around it, and many times when I talk to my students, they tell me, Oh, it's so hard to read a book, you know, it's I don't understand anything. Well, that's why I'm reading this book very slowly to you guys so that you can follow, so that you can really understand it, all right, okay. Thank you guys for listening, and I will see you very, very soon, okay? Thank you guys.